genius. I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? Hey, peeps. <laughs> I thought you were saying hey first, and I was right, I guess. Hey, y'all. I'm Rachel. That's Rebecca. Hi. We are identical twins who love true crime, hate people, live. and love a plot twist. Yeah, I sad. did that all messed up, but whatever. Y'all get it. Live for a plot twist. We really like a didn't see that coming moment. You know what I mean? We try our damnedest to get them. <laughs> it's October 27th. So happy almost Halloween. Happy birthday to our sister, Tarver. Um, and shout oh out. Oh, my God. I know. Yay. <laughs> You're right. Shout out to the newest Patreon as of mid-October. Sarah, love you, Leggett. You are the best, most supportive. Oh, my God. For real. If you haven't already listened, patrons, bonus episode two is out. And I'm on the fence about whether or not I should make it a real episode because it's so insane and it keeps you on the edge of your seat. But I guess I'll, you know, I think I'll just keep it exclusive, right? Yeah, it really is so good. Maybe down the road, I don't know. When she, after she told that, told it, I was like, I don't know if only 10 people need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I was like, it, whatever. It's it, good. It's, gonna it's be short exclusive. though. It's, yeah, it's a quick one. It, it'll be exclusive to y'all. And if yeah. you can't join Patreon, we get it. No hard feelings. Maybe just tap that five star Leave us a review if you want. It can say sky is blue, ice cream is cold. We don't care. It could just be a fast star, really. It really helps the yeah. business side of things. Um, it does. It helps us rank an apple. And Yeah, it does. And then speaking That's of that, true. thank you, Alpal UGA, for your latest review. Love it. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, it's good. Oh, okay. I'll go look in a sec. But, um, yeah. Please rate, review, and tell people. That's been the biggest thing, actually. Get here. Here's what you really can do: get your ass on Reddit, True Crime <laughs> Podcast. No, they'll subreddit. Nope, they'll block it. They banned me for life and said anyone who ever mentions you will be <laughs> that comment will be removed. We got in a big oh, right. tiff. Yeah, so no, yeah, don't yeah. do that. Just tell a friend. Do whatever. Hit that download button. And lastly, I swear we won't do the self promo thing every episode. It's just quick little updates. Lastly, we do have a website now, www.peoplearetheworstpod.com. Yeah, peoplearetheworstpod.com. And we have some merch, and we ended up getting those coffee mugs. I think we told you about that a couple episodes ago. Um, so, We're yeah. getting them. You don't feel like contributing to the Patreon on annually? Buy some merch if you want on a one-off basis. Who doesn't want a coffee mug or a shirt or something that says people are the worst? I know. You know, you know, it's factually accurate. People will love it. I think that's all we have. We won't be all self-promoted the entire time. But I will say real quick, this is Rachel. The, so this is October 27th. The November bonus episode might be my favorite story of all, <laughs> all time. No, and I'll tell you why. Be. It is the story story of Rebecca's almost landlord in Washington, D.C. You'll, you'll, we'll get into it when we record that, but. If you've listened thus far to every episode, you we've kind of referenced her and Rachel's going to tell the whole story. Not me, because I'm sick of telling it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm like digging in deep. So you don't even have to be worried that she'll like interrupt me and chime in too much because it happened to her. She's so beyond it that she doesn't even know the facts that I know anymore. Yeah. Like she really doesn't. I probably do. I've like referenced emails. She's like, I don't remember that. See, I'm like, okay. This is going to be a new story to you. It's going to be so good. It happened in 2010. So it was a while ago. But boy, do people make me tell it over and over. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> well, no, now you'll have something to reference. Now I'll have fresh information, I guess. It's whatever. You can send them a recording. Yep. All right. Ready for me to get into this? Yeah. Okay, I am telling y'all the story of Nikki Vander Hayden, which currently it's October 11th right now. And as of October 9th, so two days ago, I saw this Dateline re-air, which I didn't even know there was a Dateline on it. I texted Rachel, I was like, uh, I forget what it's called. I was like, the story I'm telling, a Dateline is out on it right now. Do not watch it. So I hope y'all haven't watched it, but God, this happened to you with Britney, right? A couple stories ago. Now there's a Britney Dateline that just re-aired yesterday. Oh, yeah. You did tell me that. I'm several recorded Datelines behind. Um, that's so crazy. They're re-airing the one all was... of our story. What's your game, Dateline? Oh, my God. What if Keith Morrison's listening? Oh, my God. I would love nothing <laughs> more. Mankowitz. Oh, my God. I would love nothing more. Josh, he's so freaking funny. They both are, actually. Uh, yeah, they are. But that It's so weird. I did not even know there was a Dateline on it, so that is not one of my sources. All right, so my sources are Green Bay Press Gazette, CBS News, WBay.com, all, and all the YouTube interrogation and trial videos. And Dateline, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> not Dateline. So, Nicole Vander Hayden, who they call Nikki, is a 31-year-old substitute teacher living in Green Bay, Wisconsin. She got married young and had two kids, Tyler and Michaela, but shortly after got divorced and started dating a new guy named Doug Dietrich, who she met at a bar in January 2015. This relationship escalated very quickly. About a month into it, Nikki found out she was pregnant with her third baby. Yikes. But they decided to embrace it, so she and her two kids moved in with Doug. And a couple months later, on October 29th, 2015, they had their son, Dylan. They had plans to get married, but didn't want to throw another huge life event into the mix, so they weren't in a rush at all. They even talked about waiting until Dylan could walk so he could be in it, which I do not blame them. That's a lot. And it'd be cute. Little ring Oh, my God. Really cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's not a lot. I like that plan. Doug came from a good family. His grandfather started D-Tree Builders in 1955 and passed it to Doug's father in the 70s. And Doug followed suit working with his dad. So they made pretty good money and things were going really well for Nikki and Doug. But mind you, he was a bachelor. He went from being a bachelor to having a girlfriend and three kids in less than a year. So huge adjustment. And the pressure got to both of them. They began arguing over little things. But according to Doug, it wasn't anything any new parents didn't argue about. Which, yeah, newborns are stressful. Sometimes you bicker. Yeah. For real. <laughs> Plus, they were still, like, kind of getting to know each other. Like, such added pressure. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when Dylan was about seven months old, they decided they deserved a night out with friends. So on May 20th, 
2016, they got Nikki's friend Dallas to babysit so they could go to a concert at a bar called The Watering Hole. Great name. Great name. Oh, my God. Wait, he's seven months old. This is the first time they, they're getting a break with friends? I can't. I know. I no, can't. Well, they actually, their last date night was on New Year's. Oh, god. So they haven't had one and since then, and it's May 20th, so. Eesh, yikes. Needless- yeah, Whitson, too. Yeah, no kidding. Needless to say, they were amped. They rushed to get ready and even ate McDonald's in the car to get to the bar faster. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh totally. Like, yes, because getting out and yeah. getting a babysitter is the best. <laughs> <laughs> relatable. I oh, know, so relatable. Around 11 p.m., the concert ended, and Nikki and some of the group decided to go to another bar called the Sardine Can. But Doug doesn't go with them because he's stuck in conversation with high school friends, and he tells Nikki he'll come in a little bit. Note, everyone's getting a little lit at this point. Even in the some of the recorded interviews with these friends, you can tell their memory's like a little foggy. Yeah. The detective asked one of their guy friends, Greg, how many drinks they had during the concert, and he said probably 10 to 12, including shots. So, like, they're getting after it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. After a while, Nikki starts calling Doug, but he's not answering. He's still at the watering hole having drinks with friends and starts snorting Adderall. So he's really not paying attention to his phone. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> the worst idea I've ever heard in my entire no. life. Why are you snorting Adderall? How no. quickly do you really need it to hit you? So like, oh my god why even why that's even the problem it? with waiting almost six months to go out uh-huh they're going like balls to the wall You're right. yeah no thank you right so unnecessary so she's calling him several times he's not answering then she gets his friend angela to try calling him and he answers which ooh, how to I piss hate- off a girlfriend is to do exactly that doug yeah that is that'll do it Mm-hmm. So Nikki starts texting him, like, where the hell are you? What girl are you screwing? What bitch are you with? Accusing him of cheating. Calls him a loser, an abusive asshole. To which Doug responds, LOL. Oof. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, he's pissing someone off 101. And he's... For real. He is the teacher of that class. Oh, my God. And I can't even imagine how pissed I would be. Yeah. So at this point, she's done. Her night's ruined, which I'm sorry, I get. The people she's with are more his friends. So she, like, doesn't know him that well. It's supposed to be their night out together. She's having fun at first, like you can see in surveillance. She's having fun with his friends at first. But at this point, it's been almost two hours. Like, I would be pissed. I would be pissed, yeah. Like, get to the bar and hang out with me. Stop snorting Adderall. (laughs) Definitely stop snorting Adderall. Yeah, with or without me, stop doing that. For real. Anyway, she's over it. She's walking down the street, and one of the guys they're with, Aaron, runs after her and tells her she needs to calm down and tries to get her back to the bar, but she's so riled up, she starts screaming at him to leave her alone and apparently even starts hitting him. So he's like, all right, fine, peace out. He leaves. But, you know, sometimes a girl just needs to, like, jam out to Nirvana or angry girl music and (laughs) have some alone time. You know what I mean? For real. And another good way to piss me off if I'm in that mood is tell me to calm down. (laughs) Like Aaron, poor Aaron did. Uh-huh. God, God rest his soul. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> what Everyone if, is 
against her. I know. They like to see her like this, I guess, because... Let's calm down. That'll piss anyone off. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> good point. Sorry. <laughs> that was a good one. I liked that, Rach. Thanks. Meanwhile, Doug and his friend Greg are still at the watering hole taking shots, and Greg checks his phone and sees that it's 12.30 and tells Doug that they need to go to the sardine can to meet everyone else. So Doug uh, finally <laughs> finally does something right. I'm shocked he didn't look at his phone. He's like, it's only 12.30. <laughs> he is all night snorting Adderall. Right, absolutely. God, I just can't get over this. How old are they? Um, Nikki's 31, so about, I'm guessing they're all kind of early 30s, late 20s, maybe. Okay. All right. Doug finally calls Nikki back to tell her they're on her way. But obviously, she's already gone. She screams at him. So their friend Greg calls her to see where she is. And mid-sentence, her phone cuts off. They don't know if it died or she turned it off, but it was going straight to voicemail after that. So Doug went looking for her. He gets home around 3 a.m., checks on the baby, and tells Dallas he can't find Nikki. <laughs> Sorry, I just I was going to move on with my story. But I'm like, God, 3 a.m. with a newborn. It's time for his feeding. Oh, my God. Like, he's getting up. I'm having such hangover even just reading this. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Anyway, so he checks the baby and tells Dallas he can't find Nikki, explains their drunken fight, asks Dallas to call her repeatedly, but she can't get a hold of her. And Doug's kind of panicking at this point. So she spews off ideas like maybe she went to another bar, slept somewhere else, asking if he's called this friend, that friend, all of which he answers no. So she jokingly asks if Nikki's in the trunk of his car, and he scoffs and says, no. Then Dallas remembers that Nikki's breastfeeding Dylan. So her boobs were definitely engorged and very much in pain, so it actually is really weird she's not home. So she gets like a sinking feeling and tells Doug she's leaving. Oh. Oh, God. I know. The next day, May 21st, three farmers were working in a field about three miles from Nikki and Doug's house when they discovered a body. They called 911, and within minutes, deputies were there and blocked off the road. It was a woman face down in an embankment, naked, and they initially couldn't identify her because her face was so beaten. Ugh. Oh, no. All they could tell was that she was blonde and had it on a pink wristband that said over 21. The pink wristband, oh, much like you would get at a concert. Right. Detectives and medical examiners were called in to identify her and help determine the cause of death. Oof. These are her okay. injuries. Yeah. Her skull and jaw were fractured. She had ruptured eye vessels, which is typically caused by violent coughing or straining. So I imagine it was from her screaming. Whoa. Oh, my God. Painful. I know. Yeah. She also had bruises on both sides of her tongue and blood inside her tongue, which means she bit it while likely trying to bite her killer. Holy shit. I know. Overall, she had 241 separate injuries, including bruised palms, wrists, feet, ankles, and broken fingers. So she fought like hell, but was ultimately determined she was raped, strangled, and beaten beyond recognition. Oh, oh my God. Angry, angry monster. One of the most significant injuries, oof, this is so painful for me. One of the most significant injuries was a boot print on her back, which means he either stomped on her while she was down or he pressed his foot against her back while pulling the ligature around her neck from behind. Oh, my God. It's brutal. Is... I know it's brutal. I'm done with the injuries, I swear. 
Oh. Okay. <laughs> just moaning in the <laughs> Constant moaning. Ugh. Okay. And ugh, noises. It wasn't until Doug reported her missing when the cops realized that the girl they found was probably Nikki. So a sergeant went over to Doug's house to file the missing persons report, obviously not telling him they found someone who matched the description. But he, she wanted to gauge his demeanor and said she didn't see any scratches on him at all. He seemed genuinely concerned and it offered his phone, which revealed the text from the night before. But even then, she wasn't suspicious of him at all. Back on the crime scene, an accident reconstructionist who determined the events leading up to an accident, typically a car crash, but they pulled him in for this. What is this job? What's her name? What's her job? Uh, they, uh, it's not a her. I don't, I don't know. If it's uh, her. Why did I throw a her? I don't know. The sergeant. I, don't know why I pictured the, that. The sergeant who interviewed Doug was a her. Because oh, okay. everyone badass is a her. I know. Wait, an accident? An accident reconstructionist. They reconstruct accidents. Okay. They determine the events leading up to an accident, but it, they're typically used for car crashes. Right. Makes sense. Okay. I didn't know. know that was a thing. Me neither. There are such cool jobs out there. I know we say it all the time, but damn. That would be a sometimes cool job. I no, yeah, actually, that. that'd be sad. I don't know about that. Well, they found tire marks 55 inches wide that didn't match the owner of the Lance truck, so they knew this must be the killer's car. They then found her clothes along a highway not too far from the body, so investigators searched Doug's house. They found blood in the garage, a spot of blood in his car, and in his bathroom, and a pair of tennis shoes that might match the print on her back. Then, Doug and Nikki's neighbor, Matthew Peterson, called the cops to report that he found blood on the curb directly in front of his house and initially thought it was an animal because apparently wildlife often walks through their yard. I don't know how this results in blood being in their yard, but evidently it wasn't the first time he's seen animal blood. So whatever. Uh, Wisconsin. Sure. But after he heard the, on the news that the body found was Nikki, he called the cops just in case. And they also found blonde hair and wire, which seemed to match the ligature she was strangled with. Mm. Yikes. Okay. And this is all. Not liking this. No, not loving it. This is all 100 steps from Doug's house. So it's not looking good. It's not good. And on top of that, Nikki's mom tells police Doug has hit Nikki in the past. So at this point, they have enough probable cause to take Doug into custody, especially while everything's being tested. Because he has the kids at home, like, they're just like, let's arrest him. And while this these results come back. Yeah. But as the results do come back, he's looking more and more innocent. The blood in the garage was from a turkey. The blood in his car was from Michaela, Nikki's daughter. The shoes, what? No, is she okay? Is Michaela okay? <laughs> yeah, it was What's a, happening. It was a dot of blood. Kids are gross. You know, they cut themselves. Kids are like, crazy. Kids are crazy. Okay. The shoes didn't match the print on her back, and the blood in the bathroom was actually from Nikki's sister, who was at Doug's when she heard the body was confirmed to be Nikki and got a nosebleed after crying so hard. Oh, no. So every piece of evidence they were going to nail him on is coming out completely innocent. Yeah. The medical examiner swabbed tons of DNA on Nikki's body and everything came back with only partial profiles except for one on her sock, which gave a complete profile of someone named George Birch. I'm going to want to say George Bush every time after this. (laughs) 
totally. And I apologize if I do. I don't mean to, Mr. President. George W. Birch. (laughs) (laughs) Police start surveilling George and found that he reported his Chevy Blazer stolen, which was the perfect match for the 55-inch track found on the field. It was apparently involved in a hit-and-run accident and then set on fire. So during the investigation of that, George gave consent to a forensic scan of his phone, and it showed that he was at Nikki's house the night she went missing, and he was at the field where she was murdered. So cops ended up arresting him and releasing Doug. Sure. So, going to fast forward ahead. He pleads not guilty, blah, 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 denies it. Let's take the shit to trial. George says this is what happened. The night Nikki was murdered, he went. He was at a bar about a half mile from the sardine can, and he met Nikki and bought her a drink. So this is where she actually walked. After last call, she took him back to her house, but she saw the light was still on, and she knew that Dallas was still up, so they stayed in the car to start hooking up. They got in the back seat, but George is a big guy and couldn't really fit, so he stands outside the car. And I don't, not to get too TMI, but how he explains it, he's outside the car and says that her bottom half is outside of the car while her top half is lying inside the car. So, right. you know, to me, it sounds kind of like doggy style. Complete speculation. Yeah. Not necessarily doggy style, but I get it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The next thing he remembers, aside from having sex, is waking up on the ground with his pants still around his ankles. He's groggy, but comes to and sees a guy behind him and tries to get up. And the man says, don't even fucking think about it, pointing a gun in his face. Okay. Okay. George then sees Nikki lying on the ground, not moving, and he's instructed to pick her up and put her in the back seat of the car, and then was told to get in the driver's seat and drive. He said he's never seen this person before in his life, but in the courtroom, he points to Doug Dietrich and confirms it was him. Doug instructs him to turn into a field, get Nikki out of the car, and he then tells him to take her to the ravine, and knowing that she's already dead, George throws her body as far as he could to distract Doug. And since it's pitch black dark, he's able to launch at him, throws him to the ground, and hauls ass back to his car, which is still running. So he gets away. When asked why he didn't tell anyone, he said he was too scared and didn't know who to tell. Um, (laughs) I know several dispatchers (laughs) who would be very interested in this story. Right. But doesn't matter because, sure. It sounds like quite the tale. It sounds like quite the dream you had. Yeah, especially because here's the kicker. That's what you were about to say something. I'm just wondering. I'm just picturing the detectives all looking at him with a blank scare, <laughs> a blank stare and going, uh-huh. <laughs> a very with eyebrows up, <laughs> mouth a little bit open. Fake snot. Really? Uh, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Uh huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Quite the story. Uh-huh. Can't wait to see how it turns out. <laughs> a very mild manner. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Totally. Sorry. Go on. What? Here's the kicker that Georgie was not expecting: is that Doug Dietrich always wore a Fitbit, and the <gasps> Fitbit tracked that he was sleeping at the time of her murder. Oh. And yes. it, it showed 15 steps were taken between the hours of 3 a.m. and 11 a.m. when he woke up or something. And that was, let's be honest, that was probably to get up and chug some water after snorting copious amounts of Adderall. Oh, that, my God. 
hungover, dry mouth. Yeah. Yes. 15 steps between 3 and 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did not move from bed. No, he sure didn't. Oh, my God. Fitbit. What year is this? 2016. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fitbit was at its prime. Well, the new one was like, I think they're pretty new, but it was like the old, so the old ones that you like had to wear. It could mm-hmm. it wasn't even a bracelet yet. Like it was a clip. Like I used to clip mine uh, on my bra strap. Oh, uh, really? Like old school ones. Yeah. At least mine was. I don't know if it was 2016. I guess it could have been earlier than that, but whatever. Go uh, Fitbit. I Solve that crime. It's the first case in U.S. history that a Fitbit has solved a crime. <gasps> Go Fitbit. Look at you. I'm going to look at, look at them now. For real. The prosecution also poked several holes in the story, most significantly being, why the hell would she take you back to her house where her current boyfriend lives to have sex? Right. No. Also, he said he hauled ass after throwing her body, but the forensic scan that they did on his phone and the GPS showed that it took him 15 seconds to drive from the field back to the main road. She was found 100 feet off the main road. So 15 seconds is a long-ass time to drive 100 feet. Yeah. He was taking his time. He lit a seg, a bunch of things, a bunch of things that he was not being chased. George W. Birch Birch and her did meet at that bar near the sardine can, and he offered to drive her home in hopes that they would have sex. But when she tried to get out of the car, things got aggressive, and that's when he slams her head onto the curb of the neighbor's house who found the blood. This is what it's concluded as. So very theatric story, but the jury did not buy it. And he was found guilty of first degree murder and gets life in prison without the possibility of parole. The family and Doug also requested restitution from Birch. Her mom and sisters requesting about $10,000 for wage loss and her headstone and engraving. And Doug requested $255,000 for funeral expenses, wage loss, counseling, childcare, mileage, attorney fees, and loss of property. I love mileage. Mileage? I I don't know. Just in general? I don't know. I guess going to the courthouse and back? I don't know. I really don't. Gosh, interesting. But um, childcare, I agree with. Oh, 100%. All parties need more than what they're requesting, actually. Right. Attorney fees. I'd be like, nope. What's up? Oh, yeah. But attorney fees is part of it. Okay. Obviously, they will get. They will likely never see this money. I was about to say it doesn't yeah. matter because they're never going to see any of that money. I know. But this case did get national publicity. So if for any reason George Birch profits off a book deal, movie deal, or whatever, it all has to go to the family. Yeah. But get this. It's my last oh, God. What? So obviously Dylan lives with Doug now. I assume her previous two kids live with their father now, but I couldn't find any confirmation on that. But Nikki's sister moved in with Doug for a while to help out with Dylan. And in 2018, two years after Nikki's murder, they were at a birthday party. And on the w- way home, he groped her. And when she told him to stop, he locked the doors and drove at high speeds, refusing to let her out. He ran several red lights and only stopped when she started kicking the windshield. I'm crazy. What? So Doug, who's innocent in the murder of Nikki, did sexually assault her sister. 
He pleaded no contest to second degree, recklessly endangering safety and a false imprisonment, domestic violence, and a misdemeanor negligence operation of a vehicle. He had to pay $1,000. What? Slap on the wrist. I mean, if you could even call that, it's, he right. got a fine? He got a That's fine. It? Yep. And he did hit Nikki in the face, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why so, I said the face. You said he hit her. He hit her. Um, so not a murderer, but kind of a piece of shit, no? Yeah, and it seems getting more aggressive. I don't know. I don't like this. I know. I don't like where it's heading, but um, I think $1,000 was <sighs> not uh, laughable. <laughs> right. It's whatever. It's weird. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> the end. Oh, that's, sorry. <laughs> I said, okay, like you had more and you no. looked lost for a second. I'm sorry. I didn't know how to end it. I just thought that was so crazy. Like two years later, I was like, what are they up to now? And I was like, holy shit. Jeez. Get it together. Get it together, Doug. And I have anxiety. I don't know. I mean. That makes me so sad. The first time you go out, you're like, oh, I can finally take a break from a baby for just a uh, minute. I know. And it's the worst. I know. Oh, poor Nikki. Oh, I can't. And her babies. And her babies, for real. And she was hey, really trying to fight. That's what always makes me so sad to hear. Like, she was probably thinking of those babies when she was <gasps> fucking giving it her all. <laughs> I can't hear about that, Rebecca. I'm sorry. My God, don't have a podcast. I know, you're right. I'm just in the mood. I'm sorry. If I was not that lively during this, I'm just not having a good week. So. I'm sorry. Do you want to tell us about it? No. Oh, okay. I had a shitty day, too, but I don't want to tell you about it either. (laughs) All right. Thanks, y'all. Hit that five star if you like it. Anyway, if you like it, (laughs) hit that five star. Bye.